0: Hello, I'm Tom, and I'm Nick, and this is Who, who got, got The assist? assist?
1: Oh, it's a goal! Who Got The Assist? Who Got The Assist? So Nick, how are you? Well, I'm very excited, I'm very excited to be here for our Maiden podcast.
0: I know, it's, it's uh, something we've been talking about for ages, but I, I guess the first thing we should do is kind of talk about who we are and who, whose people are who are infecting your ears this morning so I'm Tom and uh, obviously it's Nick and we go online uh, by the pseudonyms uh, Individual and Mathematics and Fancy Football Scout. Uh, we're both Londoners and we're both in our kind of late 20s kind of professional bubble I suppose.
1: Well uh, I guess you'd describe us as non-tribal football fans because Tom's an Arsenal fan, I'm a Spurs fan, but that doesn't really bother us. We're just fancy heads and all we think about is who to captain each week and, and put the teams aside. And who got the assist of course. Of course, who got the assist. <laughs> So how do we know each other, Tom? Well, we, we've been school friends. Oh,
0: God. So long, I think. It's, what, 16? Six,
1: About 16, 16, yeah, around 16, 17, 17 years. Oh yeah. So, 12. I mean, we we didn't really know each other the first couple of years at school. We didn't really talk, no. but kind of bonded, I guess, over sort of love of, like, history and... Uh, politics of course you've probably seen from our twitter that we're kind of history nerds tw- tweeting about the island islands and the league of nations and
0: did you know ned that is the only swedish speaking part of finland that's something that i found out this morning in my
1: research for this pod <laughs> <laughs> That's fascinating, Tom. Thank you. <laughs> no worries, no worries. Um, so we also into uh, sort of indie rock as
0: well. Yeah, so stuff like kind of being you know, over National, Interpol, and the, the sorts. Of, the Shins, I guess, was probably the first thing we actually spoke about. But Block yeah, um, Party as well. Oh, God, big, yeah. big Block Party can't, fans. Can't forget that. And that was kind of over the soundtrack to a lot of our kind of angsty and complicated love lives when we were young as well. So kind of bonded over man chats and all these kinds of things that I guess young men do when they're trying to kind of break down the barriers of masculinity in some ways. <laughs> and uh... I guess the final thing is computer games, so, you know, GTA, um, FIFA, FIFA, Fallout, online, yeah. yeah, I'm drinking out of the Fallout mug right now,
1: and uh, obviously Red Dead Redemption mm-hmm. 2 is another thing that we, we both kind of quite loved back in the day. Oh, Call of Duty, of course. Call of Duty, yeah, we don't play so much of that anymore, actually, but, um, but I, of, I think we're waiting for Red Dead Redemption 2, I think we'll get back into <laughs> yeah, computer exactly, games yeah, when that I one comes I out. Right. <laughs> um, but
0: I guess uh, I guess these days, fancy football is kind of our main game. So uh, why are we doing this? I suppose I guess, I guess the first kind of thing is that this fantasy football scout and spending so much time on fantasy football scout, you know, doing responding to RNTs and I, I guess writing uh, so many mini essays on on that to people asking for advice. I, I genuinely can't help myself. I think I spend so much of the workday on that. And uh...
1: <laughs> well, for me, I think. We, we just, every weekend, we're always on live score, looking at the scores, following the goals, following the assists. We're constantly on, on WhatsApp, messaging each other, mm-hmm. much to sort of, you know, the consternation of our, our partners who oh, always God. seem a bit peeved because the phone's constantly beeping. So, and we're just like, Foddy! Or something <laughs> stupid like that. <laughs> uh, Sarah's always saying that, like, oh, when's the football over? When,
0: when have I got your undivided attention? And, and I'm
1: like, well, there's another match at 5.30 and it's a big one, my captain's playing. And Nick was like, oh, for God's sake. Okay, I, I,
0: I know they feeling all too
1: well and she, I think she she genuinely did a
0: little jig of delight when I told her the football was ending uh, a couple of weeks ago. But, but then you said you were doing this. And... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I, I guess the other, the other side of it is that we're kind of, uh, we look at the, we're interested in the psychology and also the numbers behind football too, which I guess we'll be expanding on later. And, um, I guess just to establish our fpl credentials a little bit um we are part of a competitive mini league with our friends which is called the gaping hole at the back um big shout out to our friend tack half for de- uh, designing our logo and chair- chairpersoning chair that league i should say for the last few years and uh, i mean that's that's kind of forced my performance upwards i think though know, this year i finished top uh, 21k
1: but the year before i finished a you know, 3k and the year before that kind of fairly okay as well so yeah. i think anyone who knows tom um, especially those in the gaping hole know that he loves to write a, a mini essay so uh, <laughs> he's just channeling some of his like in inner, inner writing skills on this project and if you've seen our blog he's already written a couple of amazing pieces got a lot of good feedback on um, the future trend series so check out our website whilst we're com, and check out his blog um as for me well, I've been playing competitively um, a lot shorter time period than Tom. I've, it's only really my my third year of real competitiveness, and this year I've tried to step up my game by becoming a larger member of, of the community, posting more, yeah, getting definitely. in touch, you know, getting watching the podcasts, um, always cheating, watching the scout cast as well. Yeah. Yeah, so I think um, it hasn't really improved my overall rank. I actually, only finished well 88k. I was kind of a little bit disappointed with that, to be honest. Uh, but you know, I had a really good end of the season. I think at the beginning of the season, I got caught out by some of the fancy trolls like uh, Gareth McCooly. <laughs> We're looking at you, Gareth. Oh uh, yeah, I think I think um, you know definitely we. I, I think we'll be looking for the next
0: Gareth McCauley next year, for sure. Uh, I guess that, you know, all of this kind of stuff, you know, Fantasy Football Scout, being uh, listened to, always cheating, and talking about it so much led us to, to do this. And the first thing that we need to do is come up with a name. Uh, I guess coming up with a name was really easy because whenever I text you or you text me, goal, uh, the first question on my mind, the first question I'd always text you would be, Who got the assist? Who got the assist? <laughs> exactly. And then, um, you know, I also noticed other people were saying it as well, you know, on on World uh, on Scout, it would always be, Assist, 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 since as as the goal went in. And I think that kind of. Like it kind of made sense to go with and who got the assist I guess kind of became something that we were working on we've been working on it for the last kind of six months kind of floating ideas but it's now we're kind of really going into it and I guess before we go on to the next section which is about kind of what this pod's going to be this year and a little bit more about the blog this year uh, we, we do owe a few kind of shout outs
1: yep shout out to my partner Nicola for the theme tune <laughs> I hope you liked it
0: <laughs> yeah that's, uh, that's obviously Nicola's lovely voice uh, saying who got the assist and I think the, the next thing is obviously the FPL community so Fans Football Scout we've referenced them quite a few times but obviously yeah. you can't get away from how huge they are in the community and what they do for the community in terms of informing people and giving everyone a, commun- a kind of an original kind of portal to come together and talk in a forum and i think that's just amazing
1: yeah josh and brandon as well from always cheating yeah. thanks for all the advice we really appreciate it cheers guys um trigger lips uh,
0: nick cummings uh, um as part of the transfer hub group on facebook has been a you know, really really good support for us um, and also on Twitter so far, you know we've been taken our first steps yeah. into the Twitter sphere.
1: Yeah. All the guys there, FPL General, FPL Word, FPL Connect. Thanks for all the feedback, guys. We appreciate it. And you can find us on Twitter at uh, Who Assisted
0: underscore FPL. Sadly, someone else has got who got the assist. But if you know that person, please get them onto us straight away and on facebook.com uh, forward slash who got the assist of course and of course uh, one other guy uh, matt brewer who's uh, a designer from sheffield who got in touch with us who uh, said that he would uh, be interested in helping us design a few bits and pieces which is absolutely excellent so thanks matt and if you do want to get involved um we are on, on, we've got an email address who got the assist at gmail.com so if you want to get involved in in, in anything that we're doing please get in touch and uh,
1: you know we're, we're happy to get anyone on board who's, who's willing to lend us some time really definitely all right tom let's go for a break and we'll cover what we're doing on the pod in the next section. Who got the assist? Who got the assist? Right, we're back and I guess this
0: section is all about the pod what we're going to be doing on the pod this year and the first thing to say is we're going to be kind of differenti- differentiating a bit from big boys I mean, the caveat is that obviously we haven't heard them all um but we don't want to be aping or always cheating and fancy football scout do with our um with our format and instead we'll be kind of regularly talking about a few other things which are kind of our angle into fancy football into the fancy football world and the first thing i guess is uh, the, the econ- economy yeah exactly so um
1: what we've noticed this season especially that Price has become a huge factor in FPL, especially when oh. the build-up to the uh, the double game weeks. And there's been a lot of emphasis on on getting the price rises early, getting your big player early. Occasionally, I mean, it's not unusual for a 0.1 or a 0.2 rise to happen almost at the same weekend that the matches are on. So you, <laughs> you have to you have to jump on those bandwagons quickly um, and I think this, this links to the sort of the meta as well really doesn't it Tom? Yeah I
0: mean uh, I put an article up uh, on on the website the other day it was something that we've been thinking about for a while and it's about kind of the meta game it's something borrowed from, from video games actually and it's about kind of the, the best strategy that people are doing within the current state of the game at that point and how it drives people to make decisions and how it makes people buy and sell Really, really quickly, and we saw this year with so, so many new managers and so much new information that was coming out. Mm-hmm. You know, through the through the official FPL Twitter, which they really stepped up this year, that people were really aware of. You know, they yeah, got to make transfers. jump jumping on those bandwagons, exactly, and, exactly. and
1: we've um, we've got a few key examples actually of on bandwagons this season, which really took off and then kind of collapsed as well. <laughs> so, um, first case, I'm actually going to look at. I'm going to look at a few um, sort of fourth midfielders. So the first case is Etienne Capoue. Oh, now, now we all know about Mr. Capoue from the beginning of the season, where we got four goals in five games, but he was he was a bit of a flash in the pan, really. Cause, um, he couldn't keep it up and some of the people who were running the numbers on the fancy football scale and all the other websites so he, he didn't really have that many shots on on target he was just he was quite lucky with his shots on target wasn't it like but one in two one in two shots were going in per game something like it, that like really really like... It, it was crazy but because he was so cheap at the beginning of the the game everyone was just on that wagon so quickly look, looking for the next re admirers. <laughs> so i mean at the beginning of the season he started at 4.5, and he'd gone up to 5.3 by game week eight. So that's that's 0.8 more team value in your team, which is quite flabbergasting. Really, by game week eight, you could think it'd be the difference between getting sort of like Pedro or getting uh, Coutinho as an a, just a random example. But um, at the end of the season, he actually finished back at 4.5 again so even though he went up to 5.3 by game week eight he was down to 4.5 by the end of the season so if you jumped on that bandwagon you had to jump off quick because otherwise you'd have been caught out that's, that's a 1.6 million pound swing in total. Another person I'm going to uh, look at is um, Mr. Mr. Matty Phillips <laughs> so he, he actually had quite a good season I mean he, he tailed off at the end I think he got injured but at the beginning of the season he started at 5.5 and then he'd, he'd gone up to 5.9 very quickly with his um, four goals and nine assists. He ended up at 5.3, which is which is crazy, really. I
0: remember um, I remember coming back from your flat on New Year's Eve, oh, well, New Year's Day, actually, like in a, in an Uber, and I uh, was it was fully 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 intending to bring in Matty Phillips, but unfortunately, we'd um, had a few drinks on on New Year's Eve. And I got home, fell asleep. I remember the next morning waking up and being like, oh no, he's risen, I can't afford him anymore with Aguero. <laughs> which, which kind of led me to bring in KDB. So it mean that like,
1: I completely avoided Matty Phillips. Well, but I, it's... Yeah, he trolled me. He's, he's another troll.
0: Yeah, I think it was that time actually where, like, by falling asleep and not bringing him in i kind of avoided being trolled somehow <laughs> so you got you got lucky there <laughs> yeah, but, but thank you very thank you very much mr heineken you
1: casual <laughs> anyway um another example um, i'm gonna look at is um gundahan
0: oh mr gundahan gundahan yeah, you, so i got on that one big right time that. i was like
1: get him in get him in but um he started at 5.5 Um, dropped to 5.4 but within two game weeks he suddenly jumped up to 5.8 and then within three game weeks he dropped back down to 5.4 then he got injured and finished at four point nine. I think he, so. He, huge price swings again. He was like one of those, wasn't he? Who like
0: he scored and he did something as well. I think in in the Champions League he did something as well. And everyone was kind of thinking, oh, you know, like this could be a kapoo, this could be a the start of something great. It could be the start of some formy. He could be getting forward, getting forward. And the fact was, I think that again, he he kind of got a bit lucky a couple of times. Like, he kind of got an assist, got a lucky goal, and. He, he was a defensive midfielder, playing in a really defensive role. Yeah, I
1: mean, everyone on the forums was just like, oh, Pep likes him, oh, he's getting forward, uh, Yaya's not playing, so there's no competition. So the the hype train really kicked off and then just dwindled. Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm so glad that I missed out on that one. Who's your other example? Now. So um, I've got a different example here. This is more premium asset, and it's Diego Costa. So Mr. Costa... He started at nine point five million at the beginning of the season. Know,
0: that was crazy, wasn't it? Like so cheap. I, I really, really wish I'd got him in in my starting lineup at the beginning.
1: But um, but going, by game week seventeen, he'd actually reached eleven million. So that's a one point five million pound swing. So if you got him in at the beginning of the season by game week seventeen, you're looking at one point five million more on your total team value. However, at this point, it was time to get rid because. By game week twenty-two, he dropped down to ten point three million. So it was time to cash in. Otherwise, you'd have just lost all the gains that you'd have got, and you dropped 0.7 point seven at that point. Of course, so, you know all of the all of the team value stuff. You get half of that for your
0: sale value. And um, so, you know, with with, with Costa, well, what, what would that have been? So, if you bought him a nine point five and you got him in. Yeah, and you, you kind of held him until you, 11, you'd have made you, what?
1: You, got, you made about 0.7, 0.8 oh mil oh in yeah. total.
0: And that kind of stuff is the difference between getting Sanchez and, or Ozil in on the double game race isn't it? Exactly, exactly. I mean, or, it. or
1: a better fifth midfield for getting Josh King instead of Kapo. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Thanks, Nick. So I guess these are all kind of examples of how
0: price and the economy have become such a big part of the game this year, especially. Um, and I think it's kind of an example of how you know you've got to really judge how you jump on and jump off these bandwagons, how you kind of check websites such as, you know, we use fplstats.statistics.co.uk, we use Fancy Football Fix on our phones. FPL Discovery as well. Exactly. And, you know, being really on top of that is, is really big. But I guess kind of this links to the next bit we're going to talk about, which is loosely linked to the economy as well. So we kind of talked about the meta a little bit. And it's kind of about the risk you're taking to to make these moves and the re- the possible rewards you're, you could get, but more often than not, you are going to fall into the pitfall of risk, and there is kind of one big example. I think that we we, we both yeah we yeah Charlie Austin. So I guess uh, Charlie Austin was looking like the, the best third uh, best third striker, I think, and he had a really good run coming. But I think he he didn't have the best form actually, but he had the best kind of run coming off of any kind of cheap striker, and it also and meant I could get Sanchez back in, and more importantly,
1: he was rising as well
0: yeah, at weekend. So exactly, and I think on, it was like the Wednesday night, wasn't it? That we both kind of went for it because it was just about to rise. I think
1: it was be a double rise i mean i had to get rid of um, Agüero as well so i did agrero to austin and then i swapped snodgrass to sanchez on a minus four yeah i think i did a very very similar move and you know what happened next well i think we all know what happened next yeah you got injured in the europa league it was just intensely frustrating so then we had to take minus eights and, I mean, I got Christian Benteke in. Oh, I went for Icky and Nacho. And I was thinking, you know, well, surely Pep's going to play
0: it in that show, Nacho. Like, surely now no is injured. But no, no, apparently uh, apparently Pep fancied KDB up front. Um, so, it meant I had mean, to take another minus four just to get rid of him and put in uh, Origi, I think it was. So, basically, going early, going on that Wednesday night, driven by that price rise, meant that I had to pay... 8 points on top of the the 1 point I think it can actually got me. So yeah,
1: I think I, I you know there's a downswing of 7 points and it's just that kind of Europa League kind of backlash. Exactly. I think I just got on the hype train of Charlie Austin I took a minus 4. I didn't even need to because I clearly had cash in the bank cuz so I could do Austin to Tekkers. So, it's just a waste of money and points, really. Completely pointless. Yeah,
0: I guess, and also kind of later on in the season as well, you know, we saw that, you know, Manchester United have that double game week in 34. And straight away, you know, all the T's had Ibra in, they had kind of... Marcus um, Rojo as well. Yeah, yeah, some of them, you know, people were deciding, you know, Valen- do I get Valencia, do I get Rojo, do I get Bay? And you know, people were going for Rojo
1: and people definitely going for Ibra. I mean, at this point, luckily both of us didn't fall for this mistake, again, because I think we were quite happy with our team value at this point because we'd been, you know, jumping on the wagons all season, essentially. Yeah, playing the markets well.
0: But I, mean, I, I still had Valencia, though, and I, I kind of... Um, he stopped playing and then I decided oh I know I'm going to put Vertonghen in and then I realised oh you know what actually I
1: need Kane it was all about Ben Davis mate in face. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> this guy won won me so much money <laughs> I know well, what was it? Ben Davis a short digression anyway just to expand that point Ben Davis was
0: must have a shrine in your household Nick for, for what he did for you this year
1: well yeah I mean in the, in the gaping hole because of Ben Davis I got the best score of the season thanks to his last minute assist it was absolutely fantastic yeah. and, then, and then in the <laughs> final week as well he, he did it again with a goal and um, made, made sure I finished fourth in the, in the gaping hole league which not not brilliant but won me some money at least which is was... yeah it took you
0: it took you out of nowhere i think you know for the for the highest score you got 20 quid for the highest score and i think it was it came down to basically nick got ben davison he got 175 i think someone else uh one of our good friends neil gupta got 174 and i needed christian ericson to come off the bench to to basically play 60 minutes to get two points and i'd have drawn with nick got some money Obviously, you got dropped in that second game. I can't remember who it was against. It was against Leicester, I think. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so it, that kind of last minute Ben Davis assist. I think you you given up at that point. You put oh, your yeah, phone no, down. I'm not watching anymore. I'm done. Uh, I think that's one of those moments when I just text Nick going, Bavis, "Babies, babies, babies," <laughs> and uh, Sarah is looking, or her girlfriend's looking at my phone, going, "Why are you texting Nick, babies?" <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, of course, because it always auto-corrects the babies. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But I, I think that that's kind of one of those moments that um, FPL is is just all about. So I guess let's kind of roll back to where what we were talking about before. Uh, babies took up lots of our attention as, as he should. And um, this year we're going to be analysing risk versus reward an awful lot. With big teams, I guess like Arsenal and Everton in in the Europa League, trying to make sure that Charlie Austin
1: Gate, I guess, doesn't happen again with another player this year. And um, five, and five big teams in the Champions League as well. So that's seven big teams all in Europe this this year. Exactly, and I guess looking
0: into when an early hit looks like it's a good idea and could pay off, get you the money, and the player is going to keep performing, and when. According to lots of different sources, it's looking a bit dangerous.
1: That's right, because high value can really pay off when you reach the double game weeks later on in the season and can afford full strength teams in your attack, your defence, and your midfield. Still, with space for a few bargains like um, Mark Albrighton on your bench, yeah, or um, you know Victor and each
0: be my one point hero <laughs> from double game week. <laughs> and uh, this year on the on the blog, we're going to be uh, bring out a load of weekly features. The first thing will be us kind of scouring the rises and fallers and give some key information on whether you should buy, whether you should sell, whether you should hold, so don't buy, don't sell. And we'll be looking at the fixtures and available data from a number of different sources uh, to judge this and tell you kind of what we think who we think are our tips for, for all those things. Exactly. Who's hot, who's not, to keep players, when to them. Exactly. And I think that's kind of something that we think has been missing in the community and something that we are kind of really looking to provide you guys. Okay, Nick, let's, uh, let's take a quick break and then come back to the second part of what we've been doing this year, which is all on the psychology of the game. Who got the assist? Who got the assist? Right, we're back, Nick, and uh, the next bit, I guess, is about psychology. And this is, this is based mostly on my kind of professional life. I work in behavioural science and talk about this sort of stuff all the time. And I guess the, the more I've worked in it, the more I've kind of seen when I'm playing fantasy football and I'm watching what people are saying on Twitter and lurking on Twitter, of course, and being on Fantasy Football Scout, there are a lot of kind of biases and heuristics, which are mental shortcuts that people use to navigate the world, which impacts fantasy football managers. And this is talked about kind of every now and again. So we talk about hype, we talk about bandwagons. And there are a few things I think that we really need to put names to and kind of give people a better understanding of why we're doing things and why we're looking at things in in the way that we are and and why our brains as fans book managers often get so addled and so kind of so divorced from the truth almost so divorced from the facts and I think I'm going to this week I'm going to mention two things um that I kind of picked out the first one obviously is a herd mentality and if um you have seen my article on who got this um this is based on the need to conform um Think about the fact that um, you know if a player is playing really well, you want him in your team. You will make the sacrifice to get him in your team. Think um, Eden Hazard after he scored the two goals against uh, Everton. In, assist as well in game week twelve. People jumped on him straight away oh, at removing Sanchez at the behest of the scout. Actually, a little bit. Um, her mentality then is driven by two things: greed and fear. Um, the greed side of it is obviously that you want this player's points for yourself. The fear part of it is that you want this guy so it doesn't do any more damage to you. Mm-hmm. Um, we've often seen a, a highly owned players. If you don't own a highly owned player, I think I think maybe Alonzo. Yeah, I was going to say Marcus Alonso is a key the, example. Lukaku as well. Yeah, with the brace and I think his four goals against Bournemouth. Lukaku, I actually captained uh, Mane, um, so you know <laughs> straight away I fell out of favour. And these kinds of this kind of herd mentality idea impacts all sorts of things from transfers to captain choices and. This year, I think, is going to be really important with price particularly because you're going to have to look at the herd mentality and how that's impacting your decisions and make decisions on whether you're going to follow that up, get the price rise, or you're going to stick with where you where you kind of are and hope that that kind of loyalty to a player pays off. And Sanchez, as like I said, is a great example. So people were shifting Sanchez and I did it myself. I shifted Sanchez for Hazard in game week 13, I think it was, only to be met by a Sanchez hat-trick. And <laughs> immediately, one thinking, "Oh God, I've got to get has I've got to get Sanchez, sorry, back in. I've got I've got to do it." And that led to Charlie Austin Gate and the whole thing being linked to this idea of herd mentality in the meta. This whole idea of people being led by a hype train, people being led by bandwagons. I think is something that's really really interesting. I think it's something that we're going to be. Kind of giving a name to as well. So we're going to be saying, okay, this week in in the meta, in the zeitgeist, people are saying, you know, this is this is the move people are making. People are kind of taking out. Think of the last week, people were taking out Hazard because people believed that Hazard wouldn't play, which I thought was ridiculous myself. Um, For Coutinho um, or maybe
1: somebody else, and we'll be looking at differentials as well. Any any chance to differentiate from the norm? Yeah. So, So any any like cheap. Cheap fourth midfielders, cheap third midfielders, the likes of Gilfie Sigurdsson, perhaps. Yeah, good example. I
0: think early on in the season, especially when, even though he, Swansea were kind of flying under the radar, he was still returning kind of assists every game, and that was better than getting a you know two points from whoever you had at the time. And I think last year there was a good point in Southampton who had kind of I think seven or eight clean sheets in a row, and yeah, no one really noticed. Exactly, there was un, it was such an unfashionable team. It flew under the radar completely, and that's the sort of thing that can be really affected by herd mentality because at the end of the day, if no one else notices, no one in the community talks about it, the, the key members of the community don't talk about it, it's completely unnoticed and these are the things that we're going to be trying yeah. to really bring to you guys this year. That, that's herd mentality. The second bit is a bit more kind of personal to me and it's effective forecasting. And this is predicting one's emotional state in the future
1: through the decisions you're making i think one example for tom is his refusal to captain the early captain so tom absolutely hates captaining the early captain he refuses to do it he says he wants to captain someone later on in the game week and because he doesn't just doesn't want to throw away his captaincy chip right at the beginning Well, that's and, it that, that's i, that's I actually did some some analysis of this tom um <laughs> so i've had a look at your um, your game weeks throughout the season to see how many points you actually might have lost because of this and uh, so I've got a few like key Game Week examples to uh, review with you. So the first Game Week... Well, so Game Week 7, where I feel like you didn't go for the early captain option. The option was Lukaku, and it was Crystal Palace home. You didn't go for it. You went for Costa, away from Hull. And um, that week, actually, because Lukaku got 8, Costa got 12. You're up You're up 4 points at this yeah. point, which is fantastic. But then the following week, you, you lose those 4 points because... Instead of um, going for Costa again, who had Leicester at home, you went for Sanchez, who had Swansea at home. And Sanchez got five, Costa got nine. And then it was game week 10, you went for Lukaku, West Ham. You got 12 points from him. But Sanchez, away to Sunderland, got 13. So, I mean, you're still kind of breaking even at this point. But then in game week 13, you went for Firmino, Sunderland home. I mean, a lot of you probably remember this fixture because it was a complete and utter... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> um, but Aguero was the early fixture he had Burnley away and he got 12 so now you're down did I like blank there you completely blanked, but oh. you got the clean sheet points unlike me I think I like captained Coutinho and he got one point oh, because yeah. he got injured yeah so, uh, you went off early wasn't it yeah no. it was a terrible game week I think um, then in game week 15 instead of going for your favourite Lukaku who had Watford away in the early fixture you went for Sanchez home Stoke lukaku got 12 sanchez got five. Oh, fantastic <laughs> then it uh gets better because uh game week 17 you went for kane burnley home another famous fixture <laughs> oh yeah it was Eric- ericsson brace i think that one wasn't it yeah, yeah kane got two points i mean the early captain was costa crystal palace away got six points so you know not too bad and then in 21 you went for sanchez away to swansea he got 11 points so that's, a, that's another good decision it looks like because um, the early captain I mean from your team you had Ali who had West Brom at home he got 6 points but there's a caveat to this point because you didn't have Harry Kane he actually got a hat-trick in this game yeah, and, you, and you took you took a minus 4 but you didn't get Kane in for some reason I, mean, I, don't, know. I, I, I don't know what I was thinking to be honest <laughs> it's been a poor season in that regard <laughs> um, so continuing on game week 25 you went for Ibrahimovic home to Watford you got five points, but the early fixture was Sanchez, home at Hull, and he got 15. Yeah. That, so that, that's, that's not a good decision there. I think that was
0: one of the ones where um, I, I kind of felt that maybe, maybe I was uh, you know, leaning too much into this particular bias. Is that, uh, how many more examples So you just, just
1: one more example. Okay. It's a small one, I think. It's kind of a 50-50 anyway, but you went for Ibra home to Hull nine points the early fixture was Spurs against Watford they were dominating but you only had Ali and you, he got eight points so overall if you went for the early captains you'd have got 89 points in all those examples yeah. but you only got 64 points so that's, that's a 25 point swing in total oh god and that 25 so, points yeah I mean could have I,
0: mean, I think that 25 points might have taken me probably not into the top 10 cake but it would have taken me kind of obviously into into kind of nudging that. And I think this, is, thanks Nick, those are all really good examples. I'm actually really surprised about how poorly I've played in some ways just because of this kind of bias, this effective forecasting, where I've been trying to think, you know what, if the early captain doesn't pay off, I'm going to be really upset, It's going to ruin my weekend... Girlfriend's gonna hate me. I'm gonna be in a in a grumpy mood, and uh, I, I think it was all down to Ben Teke actually when he was at Crystal when he was at uh, Aston Villa, Aston Villa yeah. when he went off I think in the 20th minute or something. I like, captain him early, and since then I've never really captained an early captain. But this is really important for FPL managers because effective forecasting. Forecasting how you're going to feel as a result of a decision definitely sways what people do and how people act. And yeah, again, I thought that was a really nice example to bring up to you guys. And I guess throughout the year we'll be trying to look at giving some examples and probably doing a few thought pieces on the blog as well about a few little psychological biases, a few kind of cognitive Shortcuts that people take, which rightly or wrongly dictate their decisions, and we'll be examining the impacts of those decisions. So, hopefully, you guys found that interesting, and that will be something which will be a regular feature for us. So, yeah, that's kind of well, where we're we going with the pod this year, and obviously, we'll be doing a couple of kind of stock things that we'd Saying what our teams are, what decisions we're making, and probably arguing a bit about whether that's the right or wrong decision, whether yeah. we've been caught up by the hype, and whether our herd mentality has kicked in.
1: Talking about those red arrows and green arrows <laughs> as well. <laughs> yeah, hopefully more green arrows this year, hopefully than,
0: than last year. But um, yeah, I mean that, that's kind of where we're going, and I think uh, we'll take a quick break now. But at the end, we're going to talk about what we've been doing on the blog, the, re- the kind of regular features, and, and then kind of wrap up. Okay. Who got the assist? Who got the assist? Okay, so I guess for the final section today, we're just going to talk about what's going to happen on the blog as well. Um, the first thing I suppose is talk is a weekly feature with lineups, which is kind of fairly stock. But I think something that is missing from lineups is is some tips, and I think our tips are going to be goals, assists. Points, so we don't really know exactly what they're going to do, but we think they're going to be in the points. I think Alexis Sanchez, I suppose, and obviously blanks too. So whether we think that I don't know, Romelu Lukaku is going to decide uh, a, a way to a low low ranked team that he's not going to bother performing.
1: Yeah, and we're going to be doing weekly features on the on the risers and the fallers. As discussed on the podcast, and we could also do ad hoc articles on the big issues or big decisions facing managers. I think that would,
0: I think that would be interesting as well, just to kind of summarise things and summarise kind of the key questions which are which are kind of in the meta at the moment. And uh, on the meta, of course, we'll be naming the meta and trying to come up with some kind of pseudo humorous names for, for the meta, you know, the Macaulay meta. Is something that could have happened last year and hopefully won't happen this year. Or the Kapu meta as well. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I think we'll, we'll have to think of something snappier than, than these the things. I mean, these are kind of... Just ideas. Uh, you know, I think it'd be nice to look at the themes that have gone on throughout the course of the year and it will allow us to kind of sum up things at the end of the season as well because we'll be able to say the, the the Kapu meta gave way to the McCauley meta which then led to the, the hazard oh. Sancho switcheroo God knows, <laughs> But I that sort of thing could sound really interesting. So next few weeks then, um, in Ju- on June the 14th, um, the fixtures come out to so look out something uh, from us. I guess that'll be mostly uh, mostly from me, right Nick?
1: That's right, because I'm actually getting married on the 17th of June and, and then I'll be uh, jetting off to the Maldives, so I'm going to leave uh, Tom running the Twitter whilst I'm away <laughs> and, and, the bo- and the blog and everything. Yeah, so.
0: so I'm going to try not to get into uh, any Twitter into in, in Twitter firestorms we, we haven't done that yet. yeah actually. no no drunken tweeting Tom no, no I'll try not to I'll try not to and um I guess kind of during that week I'm going to be looking at maybe talking looking about the under the radar performers um in the game last year but maybe were obscured by bigger players like Josh King and also I'm going to be doing another meta article on bench stars um I guess looking at the defensive midfielders that fifth midfielder uh All all filler, no killer. Yep, Martin (laughs) Daroon. Exactly, exactly. Fletcher. Yeah, exactly. And then what what they offer and then whether it's even worth thinking about. It doesn't sound interesting when I put it that way, but I promise you it will be. And obviously I'm going to round off with a defensive article as well. But a lot of that's already well put and a lot of that does depend on when the game reopens
1: on uh, July the 10th, I think. Yeah, I and we're also going to be talking about optimal setups and price points. And we've got a model which we call the sort of the 4.5-4.0 goalkeeper model, which we'll be plugging. So this season, you look at the top goalkeepers, you have um, Tom Heaton, he was only priced at 4.5, yeah. And of course, Jordan Pickford emerged, and he was only priced at four point zero. And there was also um, there was Lee Grant, and there was uh, Jakupovic as well. These very cheap goalkeepers. So we'll be talking about goalkeepers as well, and uh, how how to um, optimize your teams. Yeah, and trying to find that next to Matt as well. When when the price is here, you're the next to Matt, the next Jack Stevens. These very cheap defenders. and and we'll also be talking about the promoted team so we'll be looking at Huddersfield we're looking at Brighton Uh, one guy we are plug in at the moment is Anthony Knockart we think he'll be um a good tip for the next season
0: yeah I think especially early on you know you've always got the unknown quantity kind of effects don't you where you you find a player who sometimes comes in and just sets the league like we think Gabiadini this year <laughs> I um, I personally uh, went for Zaza which uh, was not let's not talk about Gabadini. <laughs> <laughs> or Zaza <laughs> yeah yeah Zaza was, was a terrible decision. I don't know why just any
1: Italian forward in general <laughs>
0: yeah let's leave those atten- no wait hang on um, and uh, this week um, there'll be some more blog posts coming out starting with uh, maybe another five side perhaps or maybe something else I don't
1: know. Yeah we've got a few ideas so um, keep checking the website keep checking our Twitter if you want to contact us on Gmail as well or Facebook and we'll happily respond. We're, we're pretty quick on the responses I think in general so if, you, if you've got any suggestions we're open to improvements as well. What are those, uh, what are those addresses again Nick? Well, Our website is www.whogottheassist.com our Twitter is who assisted underscore FPL, and our Facebook is facebook.com dot slash who got the assist. Thanks very much for listening, guys. Uh, it's our maiden
0: pod, so please bear with us. I think we'll we'll definitely get into it more and definitely uh, try to make it more smooth. I can tell that I'm saying kind of and guess a lot, but hopefully we'll, we'll get better over time. I'm
1: sure. So for now, we're only on SoundCloud, but we're also looking to uh, get this uploaded onto other podcast channels such such as uh, Google Play, Stitcher iTunes, any other place where you get your podcasts.
0: Right, yeah, so that's it. This has been Who Got the Assist, and uh, we look forward to assisting you over the course of the next season.
1: See you later, guys. Oh, it's a goal. Who got the assist? Who
0: got the assist? Sports Social Podcast Network.